0: Welcome, everybody, to Episode 2 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Meyrink, Talus on the boards. With me today is my fine co-host.
1: My name is Derek Heemsbergen. I am Embryon on the boards. And today we have a
0: special guest.
2: Kyle E. Miller, Managing Editor.
0: Managing Editor. Very classy. He's more important than we are. Yes, I am I a music guy. I don't have a podcast, so. I'm other music guy. You do have, you have two podcasts. Yes, there you are. <laughs> You're on it right now. Yes. This is everybody's podcast. As per first episode one, um, we're going to go ahead and go through some recent albums that RPG Fan has reviewed. Uh, After that, we're going to get to our special topic. It is volume one, again, including a disclaimer there. Volume one, we will do this again. Please don't send us hate mail if we left out your favorite, but today we're doing world map themes. So I cheated a little bit. I included an overworld theme, you know, because the topic wasn't already broad enough. So after we get through some recent stuff, we'll go ahead and dive right into that. Uh, again, we are on iTunes. You can look it up, Random Encounter, RPG Finn. Any juxtaposition of those terms will work. Rate us, comment us, send us suggestions if you think we can improve. If you have topic ideas or anything like that, you can email me or Derek or Kyle or anybody. So for our first track, Bob Richardson recently reviewed, it's it's called the Gyakuten Saiban Soundbox, but it, you know for those of you in the U.S., that's the Phoenix Wright Soundbox. And this gathers together a... I'm gonna go ahead and use the technical term "buttload" of tracks from yeah, Phoenix cool. Wright. Uh, it's three discs, and to be completely honest, I've never played those games, and this is the first time I've ever heard the music. And like the first track I played from a sample, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so good! Why have I never heard this?" Mm-hmm. And you like adventure games? I love adventure games. I mean,
1: they're not they're they're more visual novels, but I mean, those would be right up your alley. You'd like those a
0: lot. Yeah, I i got to give them a try at some point. I think I've think they.
1: i also, I've never
2: played any of them what? either, but... Who yeah, are you? people? <laughs> I've been interested, but just, I don't know, I've never... I object.
0: Yeah, I guess, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I guess I just never was like, oh, that sounds like something I'd be thrilled to play. Maybe it's, I have the... Yeah, I
2: guess, I, I don't know, i Something slipped through, you know? Yeah. yeah. Can't play everything,
0: so... But anyways, the track I picked from this, uh, because I totally picked a good one, uh, it's called Pressing Pursuit, Cornered, and from what fans of the series tell me, this is the, you're totally getting ready to drop somebody in court track.
1: Yeah, it's
0: like uh, you're about to get your crap tossed. I'm like, hold on to your underwear, because it's about to go down. This is Masakazu Sugimori, and this is Pressing Pursuit, Cornered, from the Gyakuten Saiban Soundbox, slash uh, the Phoenix Wright 1 soundtrack. It's so intense. Like It sounds like, I don't know, it makes me want to play Phoenix Wright. I guess that's it's, the best thing you can say about it's it. It's
1: going down. That's the, It's going down music, like I said. That's all you need to know.
0: Is that is that in every game in the series?
1: A different, yeah, there's always a cornered sort of song. And they're um, always that? Intense. They're always that awesome, yeah.
2: It's pretty good. I guess maybe not my style normally, but no. That's cool. in, in that context, I think it would be really
1: awesome, too.
0: Like you're in a courtroom and you're...
1: yeah. Well, it's, it's cool because you see you always see, like, the person that you're pressing, they're slowly, like, mentally unraveling. They'll start sweating, and they all have these really ridiculous animations where they're, like, <laughs> nervously fidgeting or, yeah. like, playing with a ring on their finger or whatever. And they're like, well, d-
3: uh,
0: there, there wasn't a flaw in my testimony. What are you talking about? And then Phoenix Wright is, like, Sherlock yeah. Holmes. He's like, hold it. Yeah, so that track is rad. If you've never played Phoenix Wright, go listen to the sound box. You can get yeah. it from CD Japan. It's a cool like.
1: compilation. I'm sure it's not very cheap for all of it, but it's all the Phoenix Wright music in one place. Yes. Our next track is from the recently released Kanto Symphony Symphony album. It's a really cool um, rearrangement of music from Pokemon Red and Blue, and it's done. It's not done with live orchestra, but it's done with like a synth orchestra sound set that sounds really legit. Yeah. Oh, I just said legit. Oh
0: god. It's okay. That's, you can say legit. Yeah, well. When uh, uh John Tucker actually reviewed it and he even asked me, he said, "Hey, is this real instruments?" And I said, "Well, I think the fact that you have to ask is certainly worth mentioning in the review because that's I mean, that's what you go for, I guess, when you use a synthetic orchestra." Yeah, if it sounds that good, then it's worth mentioning. So, the track that
1: we've picked from that is the red and blue theme, which is, you know, Pokémon. You'd recognize it if you've played Pokémon. So it is a lovely re-orchestrated uh, instrumentation of that. Uh, it was arranged by Braxton Burks and Scotaine, And the original composition was by Junichi Masuda. So let's get our Pokemon on with the <laughs> remember that when i'm at the pokemon symphony in 2020 when they actually give a concert series to that
0: i don't even think it'll be that long yeah
1: you're right but it's that's a really epic sort of rearrangement
0: but the choir
1: yeah S- like the la la
0: la well it's like a synthetic choir that's
1: But i think
2: this one's awesome
0: yeah, yeah I I think you're right and,
2: and I- it does it sounds really great for um being synthetic
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think too like For me, we were saying during when we were listening to it that it reminds me of the Smash Brothers version of that song. And that's done with a live orchestra. So, I mean, I I can't really say enough about how good his samples are here. Or just how Mm. skilled he is in mastering it, I guess. Hanging
1: out on top of Silph Co., jamming out to some orchestra. That'll always be one of my
2: favorite themes. Or most nostalgic, I guess, though. I spent so much time with Pokemon. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I I don't know. I think you're I think you're like me in this regard, Kyle. Where I only played red, but I played it a lot, and then I kind of never played them again. How many have you played?
2: Uh, I played up until like gold, silver, really hardcore, and then I I stopped. And then I think the next one I played was platinum, maybe. There's so many of them now. Diamond? I don't know. <laughs> and then I played uh, white. I actually enjoyed white quite a bit. Even the Elite Four were too hard and I had it sort of cheap. <laughs> yeah, the
1: Elite Four were hard in black and white.
0: I hacked my, I I played red and I like did that glitch where if you see missing number you get a million items and I just rare candied all my Pokemons to max level. <laughs> so I was super cheap. Of course. You also ate Pokemon cards,
1: so
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did. My mother yeah, every... I, I told my mother I, I was like Yeah, the first episode of my podcast that I was really excited to do, I mentioned to everybody that I'm a psychopath and ate someone's Pokemon card. She goes, oh, God, I had to explain that to his mother. (laughs) I was like, whoops. Yeah,
1: well, I don't – yeah, anything related to Pokemon, I'm just going to assume the worst when it comes to you, Steven.
0: I guess you could say I eat it up. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Let's
1: listen to another song, shall we?
0: Yeah. Kyle, hit us. Well, don't literally hit us.
2: Now, this next one might make you feel emotions you've never felt before. (laughs) Because it's from the Heavy Rain original soundtrack.
0: There are a lot of polygons in that soundtrack.
2: (laughs) So many polygons. No, actually, this is a pretty good soundtrack. Uh, Jokes aside. Interrupt opinion aside. We chose Before the Storm. And this one's by the recently departed Norman Corbet. Our sympathies. I, I really enjoyed it. I think some of the music works better in the context of the game but it's still pretty powerful outside so here we here we go That was before the storm. Typical of the heavy rain sound. Uh, You have this just kind of... This one's one of the less brooding ones, I guess. One of the less doomful ones. But still, there's that underlying, like, tension to it, which I really appreciate.
0: Yeah, I think it really set... Like, because it comes pretty early in the game. It's been a long time, but I know it... I mean, you could just guess based on the track before the storm it's before the uh origami killer shows up and starts
1: as i listened to that song i was having this daydream where i was uh featured in a black and white montage where i was slowly uh walking like to the vet to put my dog down or something (laughs) i had like a red balloon in one hand and my my old dog i'm walking him on a leash and he's like trailing behind and Kind of brought this to a dark place. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's how it made me feel. Emotions.
0: Okay. It, it made me I don't feel, even have a dog. It made me feel like I was following my son around in the mall and just Jason. <laughs> I don't know, Jason, I don't know. Jason.
3: Jason. <laughs> Jason. Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry. Press i actually, X to Jason. I, I liked heavy rain. So I did too. It's just it's an easy <laughs> target. It is an easy target, especially with David Cage coming on stage and being like, Emotions are things we've never felt until this exact moment, except in heavy rain and Fahrenheit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: And everything he's done. <clears throat> Let's talk about another song, which is... We've got a selection from the Record of Agorist War 2 soundtrack by Kenji Kaneko. This track is called Frozen Olive, and our good old Neil just reviewed this soundtrack, and it's surprisingly uh, above average for an Idea Factory soundtrack, and I say that with a little bit of snarkiness in my voice but usually idea factory games aren't known for having any particularly standout elements so neil really enjoyed the soundtrack and it is a pretty good one we hope you enjoy it too listen and enjoy frozen Olive. life begins with new and ends with new. That is the truth. This is my belief, at least, least for now. now.
0: That track, I actually have to say, I really like that track. Um, I, it reminds me of that whole sequence in Zeal and Chrono Trigger, like that boom, boom, boom part. Like, it just reminds me of Time Circuits, <clears throat> which is a track that is very good in a world map theme. Uh, yeah, I, I would not have expected that. I, I even said the last episode, I'm not a huge... Kenji Kaneko, Tenpei Sato fan, but this album, which is, there's no full soundtrack released for uh, Record of Agarest War 2, but this is, this came from like a bonus disc you could get in Europe, and it doesn't have the full soundtrack, but almost everything on there is really, really good. This one's
2: not my favorite. I mean, I think it's pretty, but it's I guess maybe it doesn't undergo very much change. It's kind of it's kind of monotonous.
0: Yeah, it is a bit repetitive. I think you're right.
1: It's pretty, but yeah. Derek? It's got a cool sound. Sitting back with a, with a martini, a frozen martini with a frozen olive in it. <laughs> and it's going boom,
3: boom, boom.
0: Yep, sitting in an ice palace, kicking back. Speaking wow. of ice palaces and things that are 100% unrelated to what I'm segueing into,
3: mm-hmm.
0: our last track from recent albums is from an album I reviewed. And I reviewed it, and when I finished it, I believe I actually texted Derek and said I just listened to the best Final Fantasy IX arrangement ever. And I know that seems like high praise, but I don't really feel like Nine has been well represented in terms of arrangements. I I very rarely like the arrangements I hear because they always pick the same like four tracks. It's like always Roses of May, it's always You're Not Alone, Over the Hill, which are all awesome tracks, but they you know I feel like they're kind of done up a lot. The track is Over the Hill from A Melancholy Tribute to Final Fantasy IX, which is arranged by TPR, who, as far as I can recall from his website bio, which is Phoenix Rise Music, he is a pianist from Wales. Uh, The original composer of the track is Nobu Uematsu. And before I say any more, and believe me, I will, let's go ahead and listen to Over the Hill. Yeah, that I, I wrote in my review. I'm gonna hawk my own words, but I said it's a melancholy tribute, but it will make you feel anything but melancholy because that every song on there is arranged so carefully. And rather than melancholy, it's like nostalgic to me. And I mean, TPR covered some tracks that rarely get covered, like Esto Gaza, and I mean, there's South Gate in there. The You're Not Alone mix is awesome. I would just pretty much guss over this album endlessly. So what do you guys think?
1: Well, it's fantastic. It's it's really celebratory, and it's the kind of thing that has a lot more impact if you've played Nine. But they also stand on their own as really, really good professional-sounding arrangements because a lot of the times you hear... Like, you can find YouTube videos of people just playing songs on piano, but these, are, these aren't these are just played on piano. They're arranged and redone in a really unique style. And I I also love this album a lot I've probably listened it through like five or six times since Stephen reviewed it, and it's it's fantastic. I think it's it's also I agree that it's one of the better rearrangement albums I've ever heard, and I love it. I know we tend to have similar opinions on things, but I I really can't think of anything to say about this album. I I do not dislike it at all. I
2: definitely need to hear the rest of it now that I've heard this, but there is a version of this that I tend to
1: prefer.
0: Oh, yeah? Well, it's funny you should say that. That's the end of our reviewable albums for today, or our albums we've reviewed. So we're going to get into our topic, which is world slash overworld slash maps, which I have done solely so I can include one of my picks. It's cheating, but I can do that. So, Kyle, why don't you introduce us to our first track, which should be very familiar to listeners of this exact episode.
2: Yep, it is none other than what I think is the essential world map music. Final Fantasy Nines, Over Those Hills, Uematsu. The original. The original. Let's do it. Yeah, that makes me cry almost, just about every time.
0: It's It's got some pretty serious nostalgia in there. I, I've i heard some complaints about the TPR version. Not complaints, but just people that liked the original better because, I don't know, Uematsu used a sort of lo-fi sample for that, like, boop,
1: boop, boop, boop. boop
0: and it really, I mean, it, it I feel like it was intentional to give it that kind of sense of nostalgia, you know? It
1: invokes nostalgia for me because whenever I hear it, I think about... I think this is a story I mentioned on Random Encounter once, but I used to... Sometimes my family would go... Like, for Thanksgiving and for Easter, my family would go on uh, road trips to Rocky Point, Mexico, and to Glamis Sand sand Dunes in California, where you'd go ride ATVs. And uh, I'd always take my game system in the motorhome, and I remember... Like, my my most vivid memories of playing games in the motorhome are um, Xenogears and Final Fantasy IX. And I spent so many hours in that motorhome just running around the world map and listening to this song for hours over and over and over and just like trying to get um trying to find like the quiz guy and leveling up and getting AP and stuff, but this song definitely has a really nostalgic quality that I I don't think I can ever disassociate with it. It's and the lo fi sound, like you said, really contributes to that. I think it's a lovely song and I will never tire
0: of it. Yeah, everybody on the website knows my fanaticism for Final Fantasy 9, I think it goes without saying, you know, I, I wasn't even going to play Final Fantasy IX. I was sort of disappointed by 8, and I didn't even bother with 9, and then like after, like months after it had come out, I rented it and the disc didn't work, which is an awful lot like my Skies of Arcadia story and so I went out and bought it and just was in love with it for months, I got a friend who wasn't even into games, into games we played it together, and just to this day, he's like, Final Fantasy 9 is the best game ever, and I'm like, I have trained you well you're I think this fanatic.
2: this music and all the music is one of the big reasons that it's one of my fi- favorite Final Fantasies and this song is just
1: fantastic. It's lovely, and I know another song that's lovely. Even though somebody made Descent for once, <laughs> um, I know blasphemy. I know
0: friendly Descent.
1: I have picked uh, for my first track today is the world map theme for Dragon Quest Eight: Strange World uh, by Koichi Sugiyama. Just like all Dragon Quest soundtracks, and the really interesting thing about this song is that in the Japanese version, it was sort of like a, an in-game. It was like a synth melody that was made for the game, but in the U.S. version, they actually replaced it with the Symphonic Suites version. So it's like fully orchestrated, and it's a it's a very sweeping melody and. I personally think that this really stands out a lot among other Dragon Quest music, but it may just be because I played this game the most. But let's take a listen and explore Strange World. Dragon Quest Eight was really my first time that I actually sat down and played a Dragon Quest for a good amount of time. I tried playing Seven, and at the time it just didn't it didn't mesh with me. And I'd really love to go back and replay it now that there's a 3DS version. But Eight will probably always be my favorite Dragon Quest, unless they make something that's even more amazing in the future. Um, Mine too. Because actually. yeah, I think I think Eight is the most accessible and. I love I love the the Overworld in Dragon Quest 8 because it's not like a full on world map necessarily but it's so it's so expansive and there aren't a lot of games anymore where you can just run around a world map and look for hidden treasures. I love how many nooks and crannies there are in that world map where and you can just go find stuff and this was the music that accompanied that. So when I think of this, I think of all those discoveries that I made and I really like the part that's about a minute 20ish seconds in where it sort of builds up and it's like Dun
0: dun 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 dun,
1: and then it goes oh, into yeah, the. Oh yeah, like
0: the guy's kind of playing on the strings a little bit, like. Do,
3: do, do,
1: do, yeah, and then it goes into the big, the big melody, and I think it's. Uh, I agree that a lot of Dragon Quest music is really samey, but this is one that stands out to me just because I played the game so much, and I think I said that exact thing before uh, the song started. So herp derp, what do you guys think? I I,
2: also Dragon Quest Eight was my first one and. Probably my favorite. I have not played many of them, but definitely a great JRPG. This song in particular, I mean, it's good, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't really stand out as much. I mean, I I think it's above average, but...
0: I think it might be like a lot of in-game music where you you have that connection to it. You know, like, I'm sure there are people who didn't like Final Fantasy IX that maybe don't have the same connection to the World Map song, because that's the song you're going to hear so much throughout a game. I I don't I was telling Derek and Kyle while we were listening to it I don't necessarily when I first heard this I said eh it, you know it's it's Dragon Questy but the more I listen to it the more I can appreciate at least I don't have any like memories attached to it but I can appreciate it's it 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 grew on me as I listened to it I've listened to it several times and while I don't think I'll ever have the same degree of connection to it that Derek does or that you know Kyle who played the game and I'm sure you would at least know it better than I do I think. I mean, you can't argue with how lavishly produced it is. I mean, I'm sorry, the, Dragon the, Quest fans. The problem
1: with Dragon Quest is that Sugiyama's style is really set. He's a lot like Motoi Sakuraba in that you play a game with his music, Dragon Quest, and you're like, oh, it's a Dragon Quest soundtrack. So they all sound so similar to me that this, this song is just a rarity because when I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is the one. This is the one that stands out that I really like. So that's, that's uh, why it means uh, something to me.
0: And, you know, I think that might be why Uematsu kind of veered away from doing as many Final Fantasy soundtracks, too. Because, you know, after a while, you do 10, 11, he's done, what has he done, 12 Final Fantasies at this point? Because he did he did 14, and then he did most, he did all of 1 through 9, and then some of 10. So, I mean, maybe that's why they veered away, is because they wanted to, because, I mean, the games kind of, you know, hugely diverted from what they were. So maybe that's... You can appreciate the, the consistency in Dragon Quest, because I think that's what a lot of fans of that series like, is that it doesn't go and radically change things, I guess, except for 9 and 10. But having Sugiyama there the whole time definitely gives it this sort of connection.
2: It's probably comforting to Dragon Quest fans. Traditional-sounding JRPG music, mm-hmm. which yeah. is yeah. appreciable, but it's not my... Yeah, that's fair.
0: Okay, i got to slaver over something again. So my pick is uh, Phil Gaia. By Michiru Naruke from Wild Arms, but not the original. I, I picked the one from Alter Code F because I love the original Wild Arms soundtrack. I'm playing it. Thank you, Sony. It was free again right now. And just I, I am blown away by how mature and how just wonderfully charming all of the music from Naruke is here. Because she hasn't been terribly busy lately. I think her most recent work was that Nora in the Time Studio soundtrack, which didn't really didn't really set my world on fire, but... This track, I think, first of all, I loved Wild Arms when I was a kid. I played it before Final Fantasy VII, like I think maybe a lot of people did, because it came out a couple months before. If, that, if I recall, the box even said, this will hold you over till Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I, and at the time, I didn't even know what Final Fantasy was. So I picked this version mostly just because it has that choir part that comes in and just blows my world away. So here we go with Wild Arms, Alter Code F, Phil Gaia. While we were listening to this that he hadn't listened to the whole track So he didn't get to the choir And that, that part when the choir comes in I'm pretty sure everyone who ever played Wild Arms as a kid You're playing Alter Code F, you're listening to this on YouTube Wherever you're listening to it You go, oh my god, where did this freaking choir come from? It's amazing It's the Spaghetti Western RPG Well, interestingly, there's uh, I can't remember the exact name of the track Fool's Gold or something But it's from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly soundtrack By Ennio Morricone And Naruke clearly took pretty large chunks of her inspiration for the progression of her songs in Wild Arms from that soundtrack, which is great because if you want to create the prototypical Western feel, you probably want to jack Ennio Morricone's music because that's kind of his jam.
2: Yeah, I think it's really fantastic. I mean, it's interesting to, to try to pin down what makes a good world map song. I think that Phil Gaia has everything that makes a good world map song, but it's also incredibly unique. But there's usually like this kind of slow opening, you know, you're setting out on a journey and then it gets, it builds up to something much grander because you just sort of imagine that the journey is culminating in this.
0: Yeah. You've left, you've left town and now you're in wild arms. you're You're hitting the X button to auto run everywhere in a straight line. Yeah. I like it. I actually think that version is lacking
1: a little bit of instrumentation to be honest. Aside from the, the the chorus is really cool, but something about it feels a little empty to me compared to the original. And
0: I'm sure you're not alone in thinking that.
1: Yeah, it's it's still a really cool version. I still really like it a lot and that chorus like I said is amazing and um, but I I don't know. I, I as I listened to more of it, I was like, "All right, this chorus is cool." And then it just it felt a little a little bit lifeless, and I feel bad for saying that because it's an awesome song. It's a good composition, and I have very fond memories of Wild Arms also.
0: Actually, you guys might laugh at this because trying to retouch your own music is probably difficult, and especially a track that people probably remember as well as Phil Gaia. But yeah. amusingly, in Alter Code F, she didn't do anything to Into the Wilderness. It's the exact same track. Well, that not, song is not re-recorded. And amazing. I, I can't so. think. It would have been appealing to attempt to do anything to that song, because if you change it, people are like... Into the
1: Wilderness is is one of those songs, it's like a... One of those, like, I remember seeing it, and it was a really poignant moment, because it was like, I'm playing a role-playing game, and there's this full anime intro, and this song... It's amazing, like the sunset and Rudy going up the cliff and like Cecilia on the giant, and i was just like, oh, my God, it's so cool. Jack being awesome because that's all he does. Yep, handpan being handpan. So, cool song. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about
0: another one? Yes, Kyle, hit us.
1: Now, well, I think
2: Final Fantasy IX's world map theme is probably the best. It wasn't the first one that I ever heard. I think Final Fantasy VI's, called Terra was probably the first world map song that I ever heard, and I instantly fell in love with it. Yeah. And you're about to figure out why, if you don't already know. And of course, this one is also by Uematsu. So put on your slave crown and
0: listen...
1: That's
2: Terra Instant Classic, just fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I didn't play Final Fantasy six until after I'd VII, VIII, um, I had played seven, eight, and nine. um I had a Sega Genesis, and I didn't get a Super Nintendo until I was like in high school, and I got it to play Mega Man X one, two, three, and I didn't, I never played Final Fantasy because I was like, oh yeah, seven. I go, the other six must be Japanese, and I was like, wait, no, that's not exa- not at all. How it was and. When it came out on PlayStation, I think part of the reason I didn't love Final Fantasy 6 right away, Final Fantasy 6, is because I played the PlayStation version. I beat it. But a good 40 hours of my playtime were me waiting for the menu to load. So I was, like, afraid to go into the menu, so I would intentionally not try to do things with my characters because I didn't want to <laughs> mess with the menu. So I had kind of sour feelings. And then as the years went by, I went, man, the cast casting that game was awesome. I was like, man, the music was awesome, too. And, man, that opera scene was pretty cool. So I, I kind of learned to love it. And that track, I, I actually don't think of the world map when I hear that. I think of that intro scene that it's really ponderously long and kind of annoying, but it's also, I mean, it sets the mood so well, just because you have this crazy mode yeah. seven the layering in that song. Just It starts out with just, it's that one simple thing, and then it layers and adds another layer, and then another, and then there's like a bridge and it breaks, and then they add another layer, and then it just all breaks down again, and I just... it. The song has such a great sense of progression that, for a song of that length, it's fresh the whole time.
2: Yeah, I, I also affiliate it with the the opening sequence, but I, I love the opening sequence because it's so. I would call it meditative instead of instead of too long. That's, a, that's a, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a very diplomatic way to put it. <laughs> it's sort of uh, it's sort of risky, though. I mean, a lot of games now are just too. They're basically for people with poor attention spans you know they're just constantly darting every which way but this is just like stare at this and listen to this music yeah which i think is fantastic and i remember i i first heard the music and i instantly liked it in that cutscene, scene and then i realized that it was also the world map music which made
1: me just Yay. so pleased is awesome <laughs> when i was a kid i didn't i remember uh, watching the intro for a long time and being like or oh, is something gonna happen you know being a kid but now now that I'm older, I listen to it and I appreciate it a lot more for what it is. And I think that song is cool because it can, it can uh, evoke so much emotion with just like those two measures that repeat, and then it goes into like the, the main part of the song, the chorus. I'm doing great with my musical terminology here. Uh, just make one,
0: up, just make one up like I did later. Um,
1: it's got a winger ding that's got a really cool jingamaling and a- I like it a lot. So our next track is one of my picks it's another song that's got kind of a melancholy uh, melancholy feel to it but it's not from a melancholy tribute to FF9 it is from a melancholy game though it is from a really melancholy game this is the world map theme to one of my most favorite games of all time digital devil saga yes a a game so good I have a tattoo from it on my leg and I'm thinking about getting another one I have Gale's twister Atma, and I'm kind of thinking about getting heats because my god this game is so good so Gail. this is the track uh sorry, you're gonna say something?
0: I was gonna say Gale is kind of awesome, but that's well, not Gail is clearly the best character. No, that's CL so,
1: but... uh, no. Turns into but, a jet.
0: But that's okay.
1: Yeah, that's okay. He does, but Gail is more awesome. So, so this song is uh, this is by Shoji McGrew. This is the uh, world map theme like i said digital devil saga you need to rend slaughter and devour your enemies in junkyard is cool because it has the the main theme from uh, the game mixed into it which i love when games do that recurring motif so it has the, the like duh, nah, duh, nah, nah, nah. and you're not really on that uh, world map for very long which steven pointed out as we were listening uh so it's kind of it's a bit of a repetitive song but i like it a lot it's got the because the world map for digital devil saga is like a small point and click not point and click but you know like a menu where you just select the area you're going to but it's in junkyard which is a really you know dark gray rainy environment and the whole game has this really cool like somber techno feel people eating each yeah, other yeah people eating each other it's totally normal though, atmosphere. yeah it has an incredible atmosphere and i should also point out of course my username that i use everywhere embryon is Duh from digital devil saga it is the name of the tribe led by surf i always called them a
0: club because i thought that made it sound more jovial
1: yeah, it is kind of a club. Yeah, it sounds more it uh, sounds less intimidating than Tribe really. But... I think you make an interesting point that this
2: is a this is a song for a brief period of time. Where most of the time you have these world maps themes that are really dynamic. They change a lot. Like I was saying they they start out slower, they build up, they go back down. But this one it just kind of gets straight to the point and I think that's because of how short a time you spend on it.
0: Yeah, like you know at minimum you would only have to be there for like 3 seconds cuz you're like tch, 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 all right got my area I'm going it's not like you know with final fantasy 9 we are going to be running on the world map for a good 2 or 3 minutes before you get somewhere you know yeah, yeah.
2: so it's cool that they took that, that uh, Mag- 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 took that into consideration it I, I really like this one i was actually listening to the digital double saga soundtrack the other day and then i was listening to the nocturne smt nocturne soundtrack and i actually prefer nocturne quite a bit but, really, uh, yeah.
0: I I like I like uh, as a game. I think I prefer Digital Devil Saga and in particular Digital Devil Saga Two soundtrack. But Nocturne has just every battle theme in Nocturne is so different from what you hear in a regular the the regular battle theme. It's like it's literally some electrical noise. It's like boom, wow, wow, like, yeah. Uh, I, I like
2: the I like um Digital Devil Saga as games better. But I think the Nocturne soundtrack is. Some of his best. I just think it's fantastic.
0: Perhaps junk we'll Junkyard with...
2: is one of the best from Digital Devil Saga.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, it sounds like we'll have to do a Shoji Maguro episode.
1: And uh, he actually did the next song yes, that we're he... going to be introducing.
0: Yes, he did. Uh, as anybody who follows my Twitter knows, uh, I am obsessed with Persona 4 right now. And I was going to include Backside of the TV, which is the TV World song. But that's kind of cheating because it's not really a world map. It's a hub area, but eh, it doesn't count. So instead I went with a track that, this is the one of the main map songs you can hear as you're exploring after school. It plays on the world map, like the town map, and it plays while you're running around the shops and stuff. Um, this is Heartbeat Heartbreak, also by Shoji Maguro, but not sung by him because he is a dude. <laughs> First of all, that plays well into Kyle's point of it's clear that Meguro is conscious of where his music was being played here because with Junkyard, you know, you're only going to hear that song for a minute. Whereas this track plays throughout the map as you're running around in the shopping district in, you know, the floodplain, it plays everywhere. So the loop is a lot longer. And I think I I don't normally like vocals, but I love them in this game. And this just suits the entire tone of what you're doing during the day in that game, just talking to your friends, studying, just going about completely average life, excepting the fact that you occasionally go to the grocery store, jump through a TV and murder monsters. That's what I do. Well, yeah. So mm-hmm. I really dig it. And I think it's it, another reason I picked it is because it's such a huge contrast from Junkyard and what he's done in Nocturne. Right, and yeah. Devil Saga that I think this is good to demonstrate just how incredibly diverse Meguro can be.
1: Yeah, you know, I remember hearing somewhere. Uh, this could be just complete BS, but I I seem to remember reading something about how this song and some of the other vocal songs for Persona Three and Four were composed uh, with lyrics that sound kind of like almost like gibberish, even though it's English. Very, it's like heavily accented. You know, there's it's a Japanese singer. It almost sounds like. Like it, it's meant to be listened to subconsciously in the back of your mind rather than with a conscious ear because when you listen to it you're like what what's she saying like heart heart beat heartbreak you what like what is that but when you just you hear it it's like oh that's pleasant and you know what I mean it's weird because we're used to listening to music like some songs you listen to while you're doing something and don't pay attention but when we're like reviewing music. We sit there and we, we listen to it over and over and we try to pick out instruments and try to pick out sounds. But with this song, I always sort of like shift into that mellow background listening mode.
2: For me, the Persona 3 and 4 soundtracks are really interesting. They're not music that I would listen to normally. They're informed by a lot of like pop, hip hop, jazz kind of stuff, which I, I generally don't listen to. But in the context of the games, I think that they work incredibly well because... I imagine that this is the kind of music that the characters listen to.
0: Yeah. It makes so sense, yeah. I, I didn't mean to say that with such an uptone, but I, I, I think that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Like
2: And a lot of games, I mean, they just slap music into the background, but this it's like it's it's really meditated because I mean, even the main character in Persona Three has headphones, and in the beginning you you get the idea that you know, in that first scene, that this is what he's listening to in the headphones. And throughout the whole game, I think this is the kind of music that he's playing. In, during battle, he's probably listening to this music.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's diegetic music. It's like, this is what they're, right. you know, while you're listening to Reach Out to the Truth, they're like, yes, reach out to the truth. They're singing the lyrics as they beat down shadows.
2: Yeah, which yes. I think is just a fantastic use of sound.
0: Yeah, when, it's it's very carefully designed. Like, this was not just hey, make some poppy-sounding music for our game because it takes place in modern Japan.
1: Yeah, having lyrics is one thing, but having lyrics that actually ties into like the theme of the game and the atmosphere is really impressive to me. I, God, I love that song.
0: Speaking of songs that I love, Kyle, I believe you have another one.
1: Another absolutely
2: perfect song. NASA needs to borrow this song and <laughs> use it in some way. If I ever went into, if I ever went into space... I would want this playing. It's Uncharted Worlds, of course, from Mass Effect. Thought you were gonna say Eyes on Me. Sorry. (laughs) My Mass Effect One, Two, and Three by Sam Hulick. Let's have a listen. track but i could listen into it on loop for 24 hours
0: and you know what's interesting is I literally just as you said that i was thinking this relates to your point again earlier it's interesting because you're on the galaxy map usually for a little bit longer than you know you would think for just because it's not a menu you actually have to scroll around so right
2: and if you're if you're you know look reading planet descriptions and things like that that you know the nerdy people do definitely not me um I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Then <laughs> you're going to hear this probably 40 times in a row, and it
1: never gets old.
0: It's perfect. It literally, it should be the NASA theme song. I bet you they'd get funding if they did this.
1: Yeah. Uh, this, Uncharted Worlds is the rare song from a Western RPG that I actually remember and really enjoy. I'm known as being the guy who plays almost exclusively Japanese RPGs, not out of hate for Western RPGs, just because I can't seem to get into them a lot of the time. And one of the chief complaints I have of uh, music in Western RPGs is that the melodies tend to be so ambient that I can't ever, like, I I can't get connected to them because it's just like a background noise to me.
2: I actually agree. Uh, I don't think most Western games have very good soundtracks. I think they, sometimes they're pretty fitting for the game, but it's almost never something I would listen to outside of it.
0: Yeah, I I think what it is is because a lot of Western games try to I don't I don't want to make a blanket statement but many western RPGs I've played try to emulate a cinematic style like Baldur's Gate is going for that Lord of the Rings even though to that when Baldur's Gate came out there was no seminal Lord of the Rings soundtrack by Howard Shore but it <laughs> it you know you you get them they're always they're trying to go for a certain film style like even the original Mass Effect I feel like it's very heavily influenced by like movies like Blade Runner and Alien just uh, it helps though that I mean, Jack Wall and Sam Hewlett, who I think they actually wrote Uncharted Worlds together, I think they're a little more well-known because they do tend to have more melody-driven music. And I think that's part of the reason why I like the Mass Effect music so much, especially Mass Effect 2. I don't recall a whole lot of music from Mass Effect 1, but in Mass Effect 2, they really pushed for... It it got a little more cinematic, but there were themes associated to every character. Every character had like a nine-minute theme. Uh, You have that the end run and the suicide mission tracks so you it's it's really memorable that's i think Derek makes a good point in that i don't remember a lot of western rpg music either but mass effect has hooks that you can get you know in your brain so you remember it you know i dig i dig. Yeah,
1: well mass effect is also a, a western rpg series that has exceptionally strong characterization that's true um, and so it's you know it's easy to relate the music in the game to to how you feel about it because when I when I hear Uncharted Worlds, I think I also think of that map and I think of stars, flickering stars and the the vastness of space, which incidentally is what I think of when I hear my next pick, which is a song that everybody's heard a million times. Oh my god,
0: overplayed. No, it's not overplayed. It's not but, it's not bringing
1: But it's a song that, that means a lot to me and it honestly it elicits like such a reaction from me. Every time I listen to it to this day, and I'm still thinking of Tifa sitting on that well in Nibelheim looking up at the stars and listening to the main theme, the world map theme Derek of Final Fantasy 7.
0: Derek, promise me something, Derek. If I'm what? ever in trouble and you're a big hero and you're famous, will you come rescue me?
1: Nope, but I will play this song for you. Okay. steven i take it back i would save you thank you i appreciate I would, it i wouldn't leave you hanging not especially not for listening to that song
0: well if we were keeping up with the i'm cloud thing i would have to end up cross-dressing and forgetting who i am and <coughs> standing me. around letting my head twitch oddly and then you'd have to come rescue me in my dreams i was about to say that might not be so bad but i really don't want
1: any of those things to happen least of all you cross-dressing i could do without it it's okay
0: i'm sure the
1: i'll take you as you are steven sure. but anyway that's a good song um <laughs> Uh yeah, music. It's I think that I think that it's a lot like nine and that it has um it, it benefits a lot from its kind of lo-fi origins. Um and I'm sure everybody can relate to when you first leave Midgar and you step out onto that world map and you're like, Holy crap, there is more to this game than just the than just Midgar. Are you serious? There's like a whole world besides just this gigantic city. So it's it's a song that was a, it was a really pivotal moment in the game and the final fantasy seven was the first RPG for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that moment, uh, resonates with a lot of people. It wasn't my first final fantasy or my first RPG, but it's still like, it's still one of my favorites. I really, I think that it's become hip to pretend like you don't like (laughs) seven.
2: Yeah, I would (laughs) agree
1: because everybody's like, Oh, well, seven's so overrated, but I still think that song is amazing and I, I will never run out of good things to say about it.
2: I I think it's really memorable, meaningful as well. I think FF Seven just has a really cool beginning because you're right, you you think that you know that's all there is to it, but then oh my god, there's a world map and so much more. Ingenious
0: opening. For me, Seven wasn't my first RPG. I had played tons of RPGs on Genesis. Well, all five of them, but. You know, I had played those, but I didn't have a Super Nintendo. I didn't know what Final Fantasy was. I lied to my parents, and I said, look, I've played Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Will you buy me the 7 game? Because the guy on the cover has a huge freaking sword. And so I got 7. It was like the third PS1 game I got. And that game felt unlimited to me. Just like that that quote from Perks of Being a Wallflower, and that moment you felt infinite. That game mm-hmm. felt infinite. Like... I had to restart it twice because first I got lost on the Tiny Bronco and couldn't figure out how to get to the City of the Ancients. And then I couldn't beat Sephiroth and didn't know you could leave the North Crater. So I just – I was blown away by – it took me like four months to get out of Midcar. So I'm like, this game is so freaking long and, yeah. and I'm only on disc one. That's and then you get so on the world map and it's like, no, you've beaten like a fifth of the game. Not even – you know, it was my first Final Fantasy. And I love – you know, I love nine more in Tactics, which I played because of seven because I was like, oh, more Final Fantasy. Yes. And just, it, I, I think you guys are right. It's become a little bit in vogue to hate Seven. Fine, if you really don't like it, but I do. I don't like One Winged Angel anymore, though. I have I have suffered from overplaying this. Yeah, that, no, I but, I'm tired of that song, too. But, but I don't dislike it, but I'm tired of it. I, I think there's a reason this isn't called World Map. It's called Main Theme. You know, like, it, it really does kind of encompass that whole vibe they go for with Seven. And mm-hmm. I just, I love it. Brilliant. Much like How I Love the Next Track, which we're going to go back a little bit further in time it's going to be another Squaresoft game and it's from Chrono Trigger it's by Yasunori Mitsuda Uh, it's either called Corridors of Time or my preferred nomenclature, Time Circuits Uh, and it's really, really, really awesome so let's go ahead and listen to that I, when I first played Chrono Trigger, I didn't play it when it first came out because I didn't have a Super Nintendo, and you get to Zeal, that starts playing, and I was like, my god, this game could theoretically go on forever. What, What is happening? And the coolest part is that Zeal is when the plot really starts to, like, when things start getting real. Like, that's when the queen shows up, that's when you start to realize that there is more of a villain in this story besides just the omnipresent and silent figure of Lavos. You have actual talking people and human hubris that is the result like this is why levos exploded when he did because you know this and that it's just oh man it's like the whole all the plot threads start to come together there and it's that map theme just gives you this just such a sense of
1: man. well you remember last episode what i said about floating islands right like yeah that's, that's an example of
0: oh, oh my god. god so cool like yeah like in your t- you know and it's not just like you're you're flying on them it's like you're, you hit a teleporter and you go down to the ground and there are the people who live down there, like, you know, the barbarians. Well, they're not barbarians, but they're treated that way. Yeah. It, it, it's so fully realized. The area you can actually explore is limited. But the fact that they thought, they said, okay, how do these people travel from up and down? Oh, they use these, these portals to teleport. And then, you know, you have the airship that Dalton builds later. But it, yeah. it's so re- well realized. That song makes you think, okay, this is a a group of people, this is an enlightened age compared to where I've been before.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm probably the only person in the world who doesn't think Chrono Trigger is the greatest JRPG ever made. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) I think Chrono Cross is better.
2: See, I don't have any nostalgia with Chrono Trigger, and I think a lot of people do, and I think that's one of the reasons that people are so loyal to it. I think it's a good game. It's an above-average game, but I I never found it utterly fantastic. I do need to replay it because it's been a while. But and th- I, I mean, this is a good song. It, you know, yeah. it's not. It wouldn't be one of my picks, but it does have a very um, mystical kind of sound that I that is very
1: appealing to me. Well, I do. I do. I am one of those people that loves Chrono Trigger to death. Um, but I do think that in a lot of ways, Chrono Trigger is kind of like the it's the Citizen Kane of of games in that. It was so unique for its time, Um, and it pioneered a lot of interesting new things like, oh my god, enemies actually on the world map, no way. Or, you know, enemies on the field around you and not just random encounters, and it did lots of other unique things that were not done before, and then so later on, a lot of other games start to copy those things like dual text, triple text, and enemies on the map, and uh, even time travel. So it start, if you go back and play it later, you're like, so what's special about this? But it was it was the first one to do it, and I'll always love Chrono Trigger, and I will always associate uh, Robo's theme with Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, I have to actually disagree with you guys. I, I don't think nostalgia... Oh, I think, yeah, for some people nostalgia plays into it, but I played that relatively recently. I mean, I played it after it was on Super Nintendo, significantly after, when PS2 was already out. And I played played it again on ds like two or three years ago and i was playing it going yeah that's why this is really well loved i I don't i feel like the characterization is really well done with relatively little it's so tight like it's not like a lot of modern jrpgs where you get well hey go find my letter okay thank you will you get my dog a treat okay thank you hey go into the forest and get this orb so as far as i can remember, cruncher has none of that Hey, go around and do a bunch of inane crap. It's like, right away, you're getting knocked through time. All right, go save the princess. She disappeared. Okay, you saved her. All right, come back. Wait, no. Now there's a monster destroying the world, you know?
2: That's cool. I mean, I'll have to play it again because that's definitely something that drives me insane in mostly JRPGs. Western, too. I don't know. I guess maybe it's just something about it just isn't quite my style. I I appreciate
1: it, but... That's totally fair. There are plenty of games that aren't my style that I appreciate, so...
2: But I think... um, on a related but better note, I think, I'll is buy that. the World map Music from Chrono Cross. On the Banks of a Dream, Another World by Mitsuda, of course... This one has a perfect title. On the banks of a dream, another world. You know, when that violin kicks in, it's just killer. Absolutely beautiful.
0: I, I don't think I don't think I've ever talked to somebody who said I don't like that song. I mean, I have my friends have such a wide range of tastes, but it seems like all of them are like, yeah, that song's amazing. Like, what's the best world bat thing? They immediately go, "Cross another world." I'm like, yeah. <laughs> this is the song that my mom liked. It's really hard to articulate because I don't think Mitsuda has done anything as memorable as Chrono Trigger and Cross since then. Like I I like Xenogears a lot. And I know people will disagree with me that between Chrono Cross and Xenogears, but since that era, I don't think he's done anything quite as memorable for me. That I, I go, oh my god, that song is just that that song is why I love Mitsuda. I mean, Chrono Cross is my favorite soundtrack, and it's because of tracks like this that just first of all, it recaps uh one of the little melodies you heard in time circuits, which is awesome. I mean, there are so many connections musically. It's like it's like he made Chrono Trigger and then immediately made Chrono Cross with all those melodies in his mind. And that, it makes them feel so connected. I know people complain all the time that, oh, Chrono Cross is different. I hate it. And that's one of the reasons why I love it is because it is different, but it still feels like Chrono Trigger to me.
1: It does. Uh, there was a site that I used to go to all the time when I was a kid to look at um, clips of games before they came out. You know, All of you little... Sons of whatevers that are living today with YouTube, man. Little whippersnappers We used to have to use fifty six K modems or slower to download video clips. I there was uh this clip, I remember I had like two clips, one of a battle of Chrono Cross and one of uh the world map of Surge just walking around for like fifteen seconds and took me like, you know, a day to download. And I used to watch it just to get just to listen to that little bit of the music over and over. And just by listening to that, of course, you know, my the hyperbole in my mind as a child was, this is going to be the best game ever. Yeah, but you were right. But I was, yeah, I was pretty
0: right. <laughs> Sorry.
1: I love Chrono Cross. But I know it's
0: divisive, but it is a good game. I may be a mean person for this, but I actively troll people who don't like Chrono Cross because what's wrong with you? Yes, mm-hmm. you can write in and tell me why you don't like Chrono Cross. It's fine.
1: Please do. Steven M at RPGFan.com.
0: Or you can tell me how much you like this show.
1: Mm-hmm. Sorry. Oh, you could do that too. You could right. uh, Actually, send those to me, Derek, at RPGFan.com. Send me the nice ones, send Stephen the mean ones.
0: Yeah, I'm a sh- just be like, you're a shill, I hate you. Sorry. <laughs> Kyle, how are you?
1: Hey, Kyle. Hi. Hello.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: So, my yeah. final selection today is from a game that I think a lot of people didn't play because its predecessor was. Sucked. Sucked. Of questionable quality.
0: <laughs> Kyle, it, I love how had, honest you are.
1: It had really awful voice acting. I'll say that it did. It Had beams uh, shooting out of people's faces.
3: Yeah, all that's the time.
1: normal. That's that's Yu-Gi-Oh logic. It's fine. But this is the. Uh, it's. I don't know if it's the only one. It's. I remember it playing on the first island. And again, floating islands. Here we go. DCU connection. This is from Burger King Orig... I mean, Botan Kaitos Origins. Uh, this is called the boundary between the wind and the earth, and it is beautiful. The soft, contemplative melody, and it's a really good accompaniment to that first map, at least with the, the the billowing clouds, really slowly moving. It's a really, really peaceful scene. You could just sit there and kind of bask in the serenity of it. I think that's uh, and I think that you hadn't heard that before, right, Stephen?
0: No, before, I, I I, mean, I played Bayonetta one and not the second one. I just I kept hearing, oh, the second one's so much better, so much better. And even my friend that loves the series, like. He kept telling me, oh, oh, at first he's like, oh, I don't like the second one. I don't like the second one. Wait. And then, like, as he was playing it, he goes, actually, I th- I think this is better. And then he actually yeah. sent me this track after you sent it to me and I sent it to him. And I guess he didn't listen to it because he sent it to me. And he goes, isn't this amazing? And I'm like, wow, yeah, it is. Right around two minutes when you get that part where it's just the one note in the piano going, do, do, do. And you can yeah. hear, like, oh, it's just. It's a,
1: a gorgeous map theme. And I think the the game is, is better, too. It. Everything about Origins, I think, is superior to the first because it, it uses some of the same locations, but it takes all of that beautiful scenery and uh, arranges some of that music and just puts it into a much more palatable game. So I I recommend giving it a shot, even if if you played one and you were like, and if you enjoyed the idea of one but couldn't really get into it, play Origins, really.
2: Yeah, Maybe I'll have to check it out because,
0: yeah, I, I like this track. Um, I i had never heard it before either. Um, It's very pretty. I'm always excited whenever I hear somebody that, like, hasn't heard something, and they go, I never heard this, but I like this. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes! <laughs> yep, doing it right. Doing your job well. Mm-hmm. well. Well, that's the thing is that, like, for me, I, th- I really feel like Sakuraba, it's not his fault that he gets this reputation for being repetitious because he's employed a lot on the Tales games. And, you know, Namco says this is what we want. You know, you, we want that sound because that is the Tales sound. So, I mean, he has to put out so much music. I mean, if you had to put out four CDs worth of music as often as he does, it's incredible that he hasn't just completely exploded. So to hear, like, you know, you have, like, that Beyond the Labyrinth soundtrack, which is very different from his usual stuff, and it's awesome. And this here, this just proves to me why he is a standby in the industry. Because for every Tales soundtrack, which I think there are some good tracks on Tales soundtracks, but they generally tend towards, for me, being kind of forgettable. They have that really synthy Star Ocean guitar thing going on. This is proof here that this is why... It's not because of he's prolific. It's because he can do quality, and he does it really, really well.
1: Yeah, as long as his hand isn't forced.
0: Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Motoi Sakuraba, my final pick in our last track for world maps of the day so far is my absolute favorite Sakuraba world map theme ever. It might not even be my favorite world map theme ever. I, I,
1: it's just No, stop. No, it's I, not. No,
0: I you really just said that about Chrono Cross. Yeah, but I changed my mind again. You know, no. I I what I'm listening to right now is my favorite. All things aside, this is Golden Sun the Lost Age, Walking Forward Determination, which I don't think is an official track because the only official Golden Sun release ever is a small sampler album for Dark Dawn. But this track, it plays this plays when you get your whole team together near the end of the Lost Age, like your party from 1 and 2 join up and it drops you on the world map and this song just explodes into your awesome GBA speaker and man, let's just listen to it Walking Forward Determination (laughs) Line there. Sakuraba is known for those bass lines and that heavy guitar stuff and you know the GBA sound chip isn't super advanced but just like the Super Nintendo it made sounds that I will never forget and just that like underneath everything and right around 50 seconds it just it all breaks down and it was such an awesome part of the adventure because it's like the whole time you're playing Lost Age you know you're going to get to team up with your party from the first game you've imported your party I mean, I leveled the heck... I was, like, level 50. You can beat the first Golden Sun at, like, level 30. I got to level, like, 52. So my characters were grossly overpowered, and you're playing as the other team, and you see them throughout this other dungeon, and it's like they're there, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, we have to work together. Everyone gets together. It's like your destiny is complete, and they drop you on the map, and it's like, all right, go save the world. And then you walk forward with Determination, which is the name of the track,
2: maybe. It's a cool track. I think the the Fidelity or lack of actually hurts it a little bit, which I don't often... That's not often one of my complaints, but here it is.
1: I feel bad, because I I agree with Kyle. I I think it's a cool song, but it doesn't... You know, I I, I didn't play Lost Age until the point where my party came together. I played 1 and 2, and I imported my party, but I didn't get to the part where you all joined together, so maybe if I would have gotten to that moment, this would have had more of an impact on me, because I could look back and be like, oh, that part was so cool. But... I'm sorry, Steven. It's a cool song, but it's not the best thing we've played today, so
0: I don't know. Sorry, hang on, I have to go let the helium out of my balloon
3: <laughs>
0: Yeah, waited. <deflated. laughs> okay. Well No, I mean I, I No, I, I understand what you guys are saying. I agree. Like like I even said, I think the GBA sound chip is pretty I i it, it makes melodies that I really identify with, but I think maybe if you're like somebody who grew up on a like, you know, PS2 or you didn't play Game Boy Advance much kind of like with the super nintendo or the genesis you, you're not conditioned to enjoy that sound yeah
3: like,
0: i mean you know another music podcast i listen to they're very fond of teasing the genesis and i know people really make fun of the, the fm sound on the genesis but i, I grew love with, it yeah i like, like the sound of the genesis like i grew up with it maybe that's to this day why i love insane bass because the genesis does like bass and then maybe one <laughs> other instrument <laughs> and i think the gba is similar like I was so conditioned to hearing this kind of music that it just—it's why it just—it it resonates with me so well. But I, I do agree that it definitely has kind of a lo-fi sound, but that doesn't stop me. Maybe it's nostalgia goggles or not. But eh.
1: well, that said, we're wrapping up that topic for today. We hope you enjoyed the Volume 1 edition of our favorite world map themes. We'll definitely revisit this topic in the future because there's so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I uh, we already
0: have like what like 20 other tracks already set up. Kyle sent us yeah. during this episode, he's like, hey, check these out.
1: Yeah, what when I awesome. was trying to pick my four,
0: I had a list of like <laughs> 17
1: that I had to narrow down. So, I mean, there's, there's a ridiculous amount of good world map music out there. So we will definitely get to all of that. Fear not. So let's Sweet. move into some uh, some news for today. Please do. Um, we've got some uh, interesting items of note and some upcoming releases. So items of note would be, there is a, uh, it's funny, it's relevant to what we just discussed earlier, but there is another Kanto Symphony album coming out. This one is called Kanto Symphony, The Lost Diaries. It's once again arranged and composed by Scotine, and it, it's just a couple of uh, themes from Pokemon that didn't make it into the uh, Pokemon Reorchestrated album the first time. So that will be out in March. I'm not sure if there's a date.
0: I think it, it I think actually it, no.
1: I think it got delayed. Or it's yeah, like the date I'm finding right now is quarter second quarter um, of this year. So that will be out um, eventually. <laughs> it originally said February, and then it said March, and then now it's second quarter. So if you enjoyed the Pokemon reorchestrated album, um, Please then look you'll definitely, to it. yeah, you'll definitely want to keep your eye on that. And also there is an album called What's Up by Motoi Sakuraba coming out. Uh, or rather, did it come out already? Yeah, yeah I guess it came out in February. I'm, do, I'm doing a terrible job here. It came out in February. It's uh, a bunch of Sakuraba tunes. It's actually a physical release of the full album version of his previous mini album, After All, which is also available on iTunes. Just a bunch of Sakuraba stuff. If you like his work in games like, oh, I don't know, Botan Kaito's Origins or Golden Sun, then you may want to check that out. There is also uh the 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 world ends with you has been having a little bit of a resurgence lately, which I think is awesome because I love the music in that game so uh Derek, on May tenth what would you say it's Tsubarashi? It's Subarashi Konosekai. Uh, sorry it's okay there there's a uh, Shibuya duo exchange with live remixes of the World ends with you music called Subarashiki Konosekai live crossover second on May tenth and or hopefully, will it be an album?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he has he has his mixes on his SoundCloud right now from when they did the first live show. Um, so I think this will be a recap of that. I don't <laughs> know if it will be an album, but Square Enix is pretty judicious. I don't think I use that word right. Whatever. They're pretty. They're pretty. They, they do a lot of albums, so I would be shocked if it didn't get some kind of release at some point.
1: Yeah. So that that event is taking place on May 10th in in Tokyo or not Tokyo um, Shibuya. So. Hopefully we'll get some recordings of that and we'll be able to listen. So, And finally, uh, I've just got a list of upcoming soundtrack releases and or things that have already come out. Uh, but these are the March soundtrack releases. We've got, uh, and, and this goes without saying, most of these are in Japan. Some of them are available digitally. You can get them through iTunes. But otherwise, these are Japanese releases unless noted. So there's a soundtrack for uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia Victory coming out March 12th, and again that's the neptunia series um, idea factory stuff so that will be out the 12th there's a soundtrack for soul sacrifice on the 13th coming out we by the time this goes up we should have a preview of that game up so um, that's another one of those it's like a monster hunter s game it's got some soundtrack it's got a soundtrack with some pretty notable musicians on it um didn't you say you were looking forward to that one steven or
0: it's Mitsuda, so yes. It all, yeah. it, it's Wataro Hokoyama and Yasunari Mitsuda, and I really have liked the samples I've heard. Um, yeah. They're a little more orchestral than I think Mitsuda usually does, but I like what I've heard, and I will certainly be totes looking forward to it.
1: After that, uh, actually on the same day, there is the Fantasy Life Original Soundtrack and Song Collection. That is notable because it's got uh, music from Nobu Uematsu on it, and if you're not familiar with the game, that's the level five sort of, like, life management cross between Animal Crossing and Harvest Moon kind of game. I, I really hope we get that over here since that game looks really cool, and I definitely want to hear the music from Uematsu. There were a couple of samples, weren't there, that we were listening to?
0: Yeah, that, and they, I really liked them, too. Uh, yeah. I think uh, Dawn from Square Enix Music Online made me aware of it, and I think we yeah. listened to it. But I, awesome. I, can't wait for, I can't wait for the full release, like... Yeah. Uematsu is not tapped. Like pe- some people are like, oh, I think his best work is behind them, and I maybe there's nostalgia involved there, but I I disagree. I think he's still doing great work.
1: Yep, I would agree. After that, on the fourteenth is the Frontier excuse me Frontier Gate Boost Plus original soundtrack. I don't have a whole lot to say about that. Um, uh, after that, we have the Disgaea Dimension Two original soundtrack releasing on March twentieth. Uh, those of us in North America won't be getting that game until later this year. But you can listen to the tunes early, if you so desire, by picking up that soundtrack. It's got the... Is it uh, the same composers as they always are?
0: I'm pretty sure it's Kenji Koniko and Tenpei Sato. Or oh, Tenpe- Tenpei Sato. That's what I was thinking. One of, of the two. Yeah, so
1: you will have some more of that to look forward to if you're a fan of that series. Um, after that, there is a uh, Lux and Dark Kiko Linked Horizon soundtrack coming out March 20th. March 20th.
0: Uh, That's... Unfortunately- uh. That's that's the one by Revo. He he's yeah. the he's the rock star who did uh, I don't know if it's a rock star, but he's the the star who did the Bravely Default soundtrack. His band got together and did live rock versions of Bravely Default music, and it's completely rad. All the samples and stuff that I've heard, so and I think that's a recording of the of the concert that they did with it. I and those concerts
1: wrote. are really cool. Try look those up on YouTube if you've never seen any Sound Horizon stuff. They put on really cool shows, and the music is amazing. For it's like so. I hate saying epic, but they're really epic. He has a, dramatic performances with really cool music. And there's a really deep voice guy who narrates it. He's like
0: "Kore wa sekai desu
1: Yeah, that sort of thing. The Falcom uh, Music Chronicle special arranged CD comes out March 21st. As a huge Falcom fan, I'm going to be looking forward to that and I'll probably be reviewing it. So, you can check that out. I'm sure we'll have samples when I do the review. Uh my personal, the, the thing that I'm looking forward to the very most out of these releases for this month is the Final Fantasy XI Seekers of Adolin soundtrack. That's coming out on March 27th, and I have been voraciously eating up every sample they posted on the official uh, website for it. If you're not familiar, Seekers of Adeline is the fifth expansion to Final Fantasy XI, and it's getting a, its its own soundtrack with somewhere around 14 tracks, I think, um, all composed by Naoshi Mizuta.
0: I sure hope... Somebody could talk to Naoshi Mizuta sometime in the future. It would be cool. It would be cool if a site... It would be really cool if an RPG-related website that discusses music...
1: Yeah, that would be really cool if they got an interview with him and that they were able to post that interview for their fans. That would be cool. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe that'll happen. So Seekers of Adolin soundtrack, I'm super excited for that one. Finally, that... that, Oh, actually, no, two more. I'm sorry. That Fire Emblem Awakening original soundtrack that we mentioned before, um, that's going to be coming out March 27th. So yay, Fire Emblem. And another Final Fantasy Eleven related uh, album. We've got the Final Fantasy Eleven Music Box Adventures soundtrack coming out on March 27th. So if you need your Vanadeel fix, you
0: will be covered with this month's releases. There's quite a few releases this month. I'm yeah, that's, super that's looking forward to it. Yep. No, it's never too many. And uh-huh. I'm sure you'll hear some of these on a future episode, too, because we're going to try to review all of them. Of course. So that's the end of the show pretty much today uh again as always please send us suggestions comments uh i was really really super stoked by how much mail i got from listeners like just your constructive criticism was incredibly helpful and we're going to do our best to incorporate that your your compliments were incredibly flattering i mean they it was this is something we've wanted to do for a really long time and it's i'm really happy to hear people are enjoying it because even if one if there's like one person out there if all the emails are from one person and you're pretending to be five, that's fine. I'm okay with it. As long as you're listening, we'll keep doing this because it's it's a lot of fun to just get together and talk about something we all love a lot. Yeah. And thank you, people- guys. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and that's why we're doing it, because we love it. So when we hear from other people that, that love the music, too, that, that makes us want to keep going. So thank you.
0: Yes. And, and please continue to do so. We're up on iTunes. You can rate us. There are no ratings yet, but there's only one episode. So you can rate us. Please do feel free to email us if you have suggestions. I'm always trying to improve, so go for it. And then, yeah, I'll be... Oh, also, uh, it was brought to my attention. I have not posted uh, links to our reviews, which will link you to places to buy this music uh, from the first episode, but I'll be going through and updating both of those with a way you can... It'll redirect you to where you can get to the reviews, which will link you to um, the places to buy the music if it's available, you know, if it's not something that's like a promo album or something like that. Uh So that will be coming too. So I'm listening to it, to your criticism, that sort of thing. So taking us out, we have a new little thing I want to do whenever we have a guest. Uh, We want to put them on the spot and make them surprise us with something that is totally of their pick that's with the topic. So Kyle, we told you like a week or two ago, we said, pick a song, don't tell us what it is. What is the song you have picked to take us out today?
2: It's something pretty different from what we've heard today. I think a lot of world map themes are very, you know, they're sweeping, they're set to this grand adventure. But this one is a little more subtle and subdued, but I think it's incredibly effective. It's from one of the most underrated soundtracks, I think. I don't think it gets mentioned nearly enough. Um, and if we, if I'm ever on here again, I hope to represent it once again. It's the Shadow Hearts 2 Covenant <laughs> soundtrack. And it's Old Smudged Map,
1: also called Map of Europe, by Steven just died Mitsuda.
0: <laughs> I love you. You can come back on any time you want.
1: And thank you once again, guys, for listening to another episode of Rhythm Encounter and RPG Fan Music Podcast.
0: Yes, and thank you, Kyle, for guesting with us today, and thank you for your pick. Taking us out is one of my personal favorite soundtracks of all time: Shadow Hearts Covenant, Old Smudged Map. Thank you, guys, for listening.